podcast with me phil and me paul and this week's show we're going to be taking a look at this year's doctor Who christmas special which of course is the husbands of river song uh i don't know would you say it's probably the least the least festive of doctor who uh, christmas special we've had so far um yeah probably probably yeah Hmm. okay okay well we'll um we'll come on to that a little bit later but um as as usual uh, we'll kick off with with the news, and there, as of course, it's not been that long since our last podcast, really, is it? So there's not no. a lot to talk about, to be honest. Yeah. So we'll, it's we'll, been Christmas as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get the um, we'll get the, the the boring stuff out of the way first. Stats. Here we go. The overnight viewing figures for Husbands of River Song was 5.77 million viewers, which had a 29.4 percent of the total television audience. Uh, not great, really. But if you look at the, if any, if any of you out there well, looked at the stats, television full stop on Christmas Day didn't fare that well, did it? I was going to say the days of Malcolm and Wise twenty odd million are gone, aren't they? Well gone. Well, when your highest rated program of that day, Downton Abbey finale, so you expect it to be a bit of a, a winner, that only had six point nine million viewers, which is really quite poor, really. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd been. Pleased if Doctor Who got we've got to around about a million, just a million less than the top rated show. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's not. I mean, it's in, I mean, it's in the top ten. Put it that way. It's it's number seven for the day. Um, and obviously, in its rightful place, three places below Mrs. Brown's Boys. <laughs> Do you know what I I watched um, an episode of that for the very first time. It was that it was a repeat of a Christmas special. My mum and dad were up. Um, staying with us just before Christmas, and they're they they love Mrs. Brown boys, and they keep talking about how funny it is. And I've never seen an episode, and I actually feel vindicated never watching an episode, actually, because it was utter bollocks to be honest. <laughs> I've never sat there more stony faced through through anything in my entire life. Or actually, for, sat there stony faced through a supposed comedy in my entire life. Mm. Dear, dear oh dear, I thought it was it was dire. Um, yes, so. Um, the, yeah, beaten by Mrs. Brown's boys, but Doctor Who did beat EastEnders for that day, which I find incredible. That's always a big, you know, ratings winner. That one, maybe just because it was apparently it was it was one of the most depressing EastEnders uh, Christmas Day uh, episodes ever, by all accounts. Maybe people yeah. got wind of it and decided not to watch it. <laughs> just wasn't. Yeah, probably a lot of people would have thought, oh, I don't actually want to watch that Christmas Day, even if they're into EastEnders. May have thought, oh, I will watch it tomorrow or something like that yes it possibly possibly but uh oh well oh well, i mean i think it was just poor all round on christmas day but i've got to be honest i don't know about you paul but um usually it's sort of like christmas you used to be sort of like figuring out what what am i going to watch next so i'll have to watch that and record this and there'll be so many things you want to watch but this year yeah. there's been nothing has there I mean, no. doctor who was the only thing i wanted to watch really on christmas day there was nothing else um, I wanted to watch it all, and that, I think that 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 the viewing like the viewing figures there just sort of sums that up for a lot of people. There just wasn't anything that worth watching. No, I was roped into watching Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> so, 
That's not really a traditional Christmas film, is it? Or is it? I don't. I honestly don't know. Is that? A, I always seem to associate more with Easter, really. Mm, not well. It's not. I don't think particularly Christmas, but I, I suppose it's, it's it's a musicals are Christmasy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, no more music. No more than so the sound of music or. No, that's whatever true. Whatever I want to think. So. That's true. Yeah, or whatever else they show. I, I don't know, but uh, but anyway. But the official viewing figures. Bit of Howard Kill doesn't go. Amiss. It doesn't go amiss on Christmas Day, does it? Um, but I was about to say the official viewing figures um, will be out in nine days' time. Apparently, that that was of uh, Saturday twenty sixth or Boxing Day, Saturday twenty sixth of December. So it'll be another over a week or so before we get the final figures. Now the AI uh, for the Husbands of River Song was eighty two. Hmm. Which again wasn't so bad, wasn't so bad. No. Uh, it goes on to say the highest AI score of the evening went to Call the Midwife from uh, for BBC One, which had uh, a score of eighty-eight. Yeah, yeah. So all in all, not bad, not bad. One of people found it um, offensive though, or, or excited and new, or the one that went encouraged them to do something different. Yes, <laughs> and a goose instead. <laughs> A Christmas goose who, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, missus. Okay, now, um, there's only other one item of other item of discussion. I wouldn't say it's news exactly, um, but this is sort of related uh, to Doctor Who. It was announced uh, just after our uh, last podcast went out um, that the BBC um, are going to be offering the chance to make uh, offering the chance to independent companies uh, to make their programs for them um, as of 2018 um, or pitch as of 2018. Um, It looks like it's going to be 40% of in-house shows will be sort of put out to, I suppose you could say to tender really, isn't it? In a, in a strange way. Yeah. Um, Now, of course this does mean um, some of the big hitters such as Strictly Come Dancing and of course, Doctor Who. Um, I think people sort of got a bit quite worried about this because the you know Doctor is is the BBC's you know highest earner globally now, isn't it? And I don't you know it's not a given that you know they will give away Doctor Who. Um, it's just it's just been able the BBC's been able to to pitch it out or allowing independent companies to pitch for the shows. And this has been gone on for a long, long time, hasn't it? Because is it something like um, like Have I Got News for You? Is isn't an in-house program, is it? No, is but it hat trick or something like that? Or? Yeah, but that that's more because the company has come up with the idea itself in the first place, and has basically almost sold it to the BBC rather than the BBC uh, creating a program and then selling it. Well, I mean, I mean, it, it, it actually gives an example at the end of this um, at the end of this article. Um, so, question time. It's owned by the BBC but made by Mentorn Media. Yeah. So I think this is. I think this is the sort of thing you're going to get. It's going to be owned by the BBC, but made by someone else, Un- almost like under license, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Um, I wonder what this means for, I don't know, sort of things. See, like- but I can I can sort of understand that because that's not I wouldn't have thought a heavily. There's not a, a heavy investment you'd have to put into that as a company. It's not, but it's it, again, it's one of those mainstays of the BBC. And again, you would say, well, if it if it's not that heavy an investment for Question Time, which I imagine it wouldn't be, why are they farming it out to a independent producer? Um, just probably because it's easier from that point of view that then they don't have, it frees up resources uh, in the BBC. But something you'd have thought like Doctor Who or whatever, where the, the actual budget for that is quite large. Yeah. 
by BBC standards. Yeah. It would be quite a lot for a, an independent company to take on, I'd have thought. Yeah. Now, apparently it does say, it's, uh, go on to say that it's in terms of its popular shows, it, so I'm quoting the article, it says, BBC commissioners will have discretion to pitch out a show if it needs freshening up. Now, obviously, by 2018, Doctor Who might need freshening up. We don't know, do we? We don't know what which, which you know what direction the show is going to take. Yeah, you know, we we don't know what you know. Nobody knows what the state of the show is going to be in twenty eighteen. Let's hope it's, it's going to be in rude health. Um, but again, it's sort of quite sort of I don't know. But would you say it's worrying times for the BBC? I think it's worrying times for the BBC. But I I think this is more a question of it's not getting to the politics of this as no, to no. what they're being forced into. And I think it, I think it's worrying times for. For British viewers, really. Yes. As in, how do we really want our television to be? Exactly. Exactly. Because um, otherwise it ends up, you know, with... Well, there's always this thing about, you know, abolishing the licence fees. And as soon as you do that, you've got to go to advertisers. Yeah. And you aim for the lowest common denominator. E- exactly. Yeah, you just get the you know, most popular shows because... going. You get more X factors on television, wouldn't you? That's Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, you could argue that Strictly Come Dancing is the BBC's answer to the X Factor, but you know, it's it hasn't got that you know the money, the advertising money that comes with it. That's that's the difference, isn't it? It's just a popular entertainment show, whereas the X Factor, it's just tied up with well, advertisers you know, clamouring themselves to to you know to to get airtime on it, really. Yeah. You know, so because it's, it's most people have got to watch it, they want to put their bloody adverts out. So that's how it works. And unfortunately, um, that's what would happen to the BBC. I mean, I mean, would you want to watch Doctor Who or any of your favourite programmes, BBC programmes, with adverts in it? Um, Product not placement. You know, it's, you know. Yeah. And I think then, I think, I don't know, would you, would you say that maybe even less people would watch those sort of shows live because it'd be full of adverts? Because that's what I tend to do with anything, if I record anything on a, on a commercial channel... I'd rather record it and, and watch it back forward. late and fast forward through the adverts. Yeah. So, you know, there's, it might mean, you know, more money for the show. It might get a better budget. Um, it doesn't mean to say it's better quality. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you then just wait for the DVDs to come out? Well, yeah, precisely. That I think that's what would, that's what would happen. I think it would be to the, to the detriment of, of Doctor Who really. Hmm. I really do. Any other program on, on BBC? I'm not, I'm not, you know, I know we're, Sort of singling out Doctor Who here because we're it's a it's a doctor this is this is supposedly a Doctor Who podcast, podcast. <laughs> but no it, it means the same for all of their shows yeah really you know and let's be I honest mean, you know it, it's tricky come dancing goes on long enough without adverts in there as well yeah I mean it's just I think we've been brought up with a BBC that doesn't have adverts mm. um, tend to still tend to watch the BBC more than any other channel. Uh, if you take sport channels out, I suppose, with me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's just... I mean, we, that's another argument with BBC and sport as well, isn't it? But, but that we won't Well, they've lost, well exactly, they've lost a lot of sporting rights as well. They had to give it out because they can't afford it. That's, yeah. that's the yeah. bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Even, the, yeah, even the stuff where they actually had the rights, they've basically given them away because they can't actually afford to televise it. No. So, Was it 35 million they've had to cut and they just had to give yeah. away their F1 rights? Right, yeah. right away, you know, when they yeah. signed up for at least another two to three years for F one, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, they had enough two years. What was it? Channel 4's taking it over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is obviously fascinating chat to all our non-UK listeners. Non-UK listeners, listeners but, but no, it's uh, worrying. I was to say, if you're a fan of Doctor Who, and I'm assuming if you listen to this, that that's what you are, um, then yeah, it, it's, this could be quite worrying. But again, it doesn't mean to say that the BBC will allow this show to be pitched out to independent production companies. It's no. not It's not a given. That's the thing. I think, I think the... Articles uh, um, sort of latching onto things like Strictly and Doctor Who because they, they're their most popular programs. Yeah, and how much this is a sort of almost a scaremongering tactic. Yes, as well in terms of both by a the, the person writing this article and b the BBC themselves into trying to get support more support. Yes, indeed. Well, they've got mine to be honest. Mm. They've got mine. They certainly have got mine. Anyway, anyway, um, that's it really for the news, but we just have time... For a word from our sponsors. Yes. <laughs> We're not back to Beddington briefs again, are we? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. if we are, we need Tony back for that one. No. <laughs> I was about to say, we do, I, this is kind of advertisements, actually, uh, uh, because we're going <laughs> over time because it's Why aren't we getting paid for this? No, we're not. Well, bloody hell. We need better agents, that's what I'm going to say. Oh, no. <laughs> Is Lou Grade still alive? <laughs> anyway, as I just said a moment ago, let's go to Omega's Tech Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Okay, now uh, this item of tech was sent in to us uh, by John Michael Lindsay uh, on our Facebook page, or Facebook group page, I should, I should say. And this is sort of like a, a late idea for, you, for your New Year's Eve party, isn't it? Mm. Uh, if you live in North America. Of course, yes. Uh, this is from a company called Shirt Punch, uh, which is <laughs> that's just a great, <laughs> a great name for a obviously. Gun, obviously, Shirt Punch. Um, this is, and there's only 223 of these left, so you know, don't delay. Um, it's a TARDIS ice bucket and tray. Okay, now basically, it's just a big ice bucket in the shape of the TARDIS, um, and the ice tray is little Daleks, isn't it? Little Dalek-shaped ice cubes and TARDIS-shaped ice cubes, which you said you've got, Paul. Um, I, have, I don't have this particular one, but I have I have a Doctor Who ice tray. Whoa! Okay, what, what 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 are the moulds on your ones then? I can't. I've never used it. I don't oh, know. I'm disappointed in you, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when, when you when you and Tony have come round, you've never really wanted ice in your real aisle, have you? <laughs> Not really. No, no. But to know that apparently the ice tray here, it's like little uh, three Tardises, two Daleks, three Sonic screwdrivers, and three other things. I cannot figure out what the hell they are. <laughs> I've got no idea what they are. Um, doesn't even say it in the product description either. Um, but this is actually going for uh, $24.99, which isn't bad, actually. It doesn't actually say how big it is, to be honest. Um, um, it, it there's, could... there's a bit that says it's 11 by 6 by 6. Oh, that's... Which that's, makes it quite big. That's about, yeah, about a foot tall then, isn't it? Mm. Down near a foot tall. So, yeah, that's not bad, actually. I mean, which it'd have to be. I mean, if, it, if it's a... If it's a decent size ice bucket it's got to be isn't it yeah otherwise you're not going to get much in there no um and i just sort of flipped i flipped onto a different photograph of it and and the um, ice bucket's got a flip top lid as well ah. so the top of the tires just flips open for, for all your icy needs there you go so uh yes yeah, not too bad I, I don't know what um uh delivery is on this actually but i, I don't think 24 cents is, is is that bad to be honest um Apparently, this is actually made by Underground Toys, but it's been sold through Shirt Punch. 
com. So, <laughs> oh dear. Of course, yeah. Of course. I, I, I yeah. love that. I've, I've got to see if they do any more uh, Doctor Who gear on, on Shirt Punch, actually. That's, re- that's really good. That's really good. I'm <laughs> beginning to think you are on a advertising <laughs> 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 What are we getting? A tenner every time you say it? I don't know. Well, I don't know, but I've got a gold-plated car now, Paul. Yes. <laughs> You're Skyping me from your home in the Bahamas. I, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Well, my flunkies is doing it for me. <laughs> this isn't even me. You've hired someone to do voice artists. I've got John Coleshaw in to do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in a minute, I'll break into me Tom Baker. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, folks, uh, that's it for the news and that's it for Tat Corner. Um, for the last time this year as well. So um, coming up next... Yes, and we mean it this time. We mean it this time. Do you know what? I, I actually edited that out of the uh, of the podcast, <laughs> of the last <laughs> podcast. So that gave the game away. <laughs> yes, last last week, folks, I actually got a little bit confused um, as to where I was in the year. And I actually thought last our, Chris, our Christmas special was our last podcast of the year, completely forgetting that this podcast would be our last podcast of the year. So um, I managed to edit all that out, and Paul just gave away all the magic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So there we go. So th- this is the definitive last podcast of this year. Okay, so that, that let's draw a line under that now. So uh, coming up next is our review of The Husbands of River Song. So for another week and another year, that was the news. <laughs> Right then, everybody, it's time for us to talk about this year's Doctor Who Christmas special. And, of course, this year we had the Husbands of River Song. Can I help you? Yes, are you the surgeon? Close enough, why? There's a medical emergency. Do I know you? You most certainly do not. My husband is dying. That's your husband? Is there a problem? Destroy them! Okay, it's my turn to uh, kick off proceedings, isn't it? It is. I have the honour, I have the honour. Well, I've got to be honest, on the first viewing of this, I couldn't hear a bloody word because I had... um, I've my son sitting on my lap talking about is the doctor going to go back into TARDIS over and over again? Uh, I have my mother-in-law going, I didn't know he was married. Um, what's he been in? Um, just people chatting all the way through it. Um, so I didn't really get a good feel for it, to be honest. And then what I could sort of pick up on, the first viewing, I didn't enjoy it that much, to be honest. Uh, but then I sat down and watched it again last night. I was I was alone as well, uh, so it was perfect peace and quiet. And do you know what? I actually really quite enjoyed this one. After all, um, I just found it okay. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It wasn't. It's certainly not the best Christmas special we've had. Um, but then again, it wasn't awful either. No, it was. It, it was just a fun bit of Doctor Who, really, wasn't it? It it's... was. Yeah, it's. Well, I suppose it's what you want for a Christmas episode, really, is it? Yeah. You want it yeah, light, you, don't you? Yeah. The only thing I've got to say on that, of course, is that it's a bit odd because Christmas time you're going to have a lot of people, perhaps who might just watch it for the first time. Yeah. Or haven't, you know, don't watch it religiously, as yeah. we do. As we do, yeah. yes, yes, right. for our sins, yes. 
I <laughs> kneeling down praying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's not. There's, there's the, this is a very into the whole backstory of these two characters. But I'm not quite sure how anyone who doesn't really have followed the whole River Song thing is gonna would have enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's a criticism that's been levelled at Series Nine as well. That it's been far too sort of continuity heavy, and you've got to know your background to the show to fully understand what's going on. And I suppose, in a to a certain degree, it that that applies to this Christmas episode as well. Especially when it does delve into the backstory. Actually, no. To tell a lie, the whole thing is to do with the backstory because she doesn't recognise the Doctor, yeah, and the, and the Doctor's puzzled why she doesn't. Yeah, I mean that that is that is the story. The whole uh, King Hydroflax is completely irrelevant, really. It is. I mean, that's that's one of the notes I made. Actually, the plot is very weak. It's just a very very flimsy heist movie, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and also with a little bit of a sort of like a screwball comedy. Yeah, thing in there as well, you know, mistaken identity sort of thing going on, and yeah, it, I, mean, it, I thought it was it was fun. I thought it was a, it was a fun story. Once I actually was able to listen to the dialogue and everything, um, but I think as what you've said over this series or last year, series nine, is I the music to be overpowering and yeah. un, and unneeded in a lot of times, like the opening scene where uh, Matt Lucas is knocking on the door of the TARDIS. And you've got this really loud music over, and it wasn't needed. What was what was it for? It wasn't setting any particular mood or anything. No, you know it was, and I think, um, yeah, I just sort of think I, I, I agree with you on what you said before. I, I did find the music sort of a little bit overbearing this time. And getting back to I mean, what you said about not being particularly Christmassy, I mean, other other than snow, was about as far as it got to. Well. Let, let, let's, being a Christmas story, really. Well, wasn't I, I, yeah, I mean, it did start off with uh, the. I mean, the opening titles I like because they put the, like the, the snow of the Tardis, yeah. and the snowflakes, and the Christmas baubles, and, and all that kind of thing. So that was quite fun. Uh, and then there was the the thing when it sort of I can't remember if it panned back from the village to the spaceship or the or the spaceship yeah. to the village, whatever way around it was. Uh, that had some like a Christmas Carol playing, didn't it? Yeah, and that but that was it though, wasn't it? That was it. That yeah. was that was the only Otherwise, illusion to Christmas. Yeah, it could have been set at any time. Couldn't yeah. Or oh, oh, actually, of course, I've forgotten the right the bit at the very end as well. The only the only time was the uh, the the table the twenty the yeah. twenty Christmas day in four years time. So yeah. yeah. But but that was it. It wasn't surrounded by or, or to do with Christmas this way. It wasn't set on Christmas Day as as sort of previous ones have been. No. No. Yeah. It could, it could have been set at any time. This story really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I thought, you know, as I said, it was okay. I thought the um, performances from the leads were very, very good, but the rest of it was all very, dare I say it, pantomime. Yeah, I mean, I th- that probably was about the most Christmassy thing about it. Yes, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. I mean, I'm even down to the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the robot outfit as well. That, that, that looked like something that would lumber onto the stage of a pantomime. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't. I don't think it was the best prop that the beat that the uh, Doctor production team have ever come up with. To be honest, it did look very, very clunky, and it did, yeah. look, it did look awfully, awfully difficult to move in as well. There's a lot of camera work helping to make it look a bit more fluid than it really was. Yeah, I know what you mean on that. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, but again, it was it was just lots of things that sort of led 
sort of nowhere. I mean, like the you know the warrior monks that were surrounding the king at the, when you first saw him. Whatever happened to them? They just sort of got zapped by a river's sonic trowel, and then that was it. Done. You never saw them again. Yeah. Uh, them and their Bruce Lee's type cries as well, which again, which I thought was a little bit too sort of cartoonish. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And yeah, and the whole thing about the, the, the sonic trowel was just in there as a. It just seemed to be everything was just in there to be a jo- an in joke or a joke, really. Which well, is fine. That's fine. It's, it's a Christmas one, exactly. I know we're, uh, at the moment we, we tend to be being a little bit critical, critical of it, but um, yeah, I think it's just the thing because people always get a bit annoyed when you say, "Oh, Doctor is a pantomime," and, and I think this is exactly what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, my, my, yeah, my, my problems with it are, are just are not. I quite like, you know, the story, it's it's fine in itself. It's just the fact that I think, had they just concentrated on the Hydroflax story without the River Song element and made it a pantomime from that point of view, would have mm. been fine. Yeah. Uh, had they just concentrated on the River Song story without the pantomime bits, would have been fine. Yeah. I think, but the fact that they combined the two on Christmas Day sort of, probably didn't appeal to me or I was sitting there watching it with someone who doesn't watch Doctor Who at all. Yeah. And they wasn't overly drawn by it. And there was at no point and you start to think, so I don't even want to start to try and explain what's going on here because I'm just going to be here all night. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, okay, this is only sort of related to the new series, but really you've got, <laughs> you've got 10 years worth <laughs> Yeah, a storytelling to go through, haven't you? Just to... well, I mean, I mean the whole the whole thing about the in joke about the to, to describe the relationship with River Song needs a flow chart. Yeah, yeah, it does. To be honest, it does. It's true. That, that's that's not really a and, that's not really an uh, in joke. That's a fact. <laughs> it is a fact. So, so you're watching this with somebody who hasn't watched it is just like, well, it's just uh, no, don't bother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <I> know. <laughs> And I think when I was watching it the first time, I was very conscious of the fact that this was not going down at all. Well. No, no, like a like a, you got a dodgy mince pie lodged there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't going and down I, well. And I couldn't really explain it. <laughs> no, I, I think when it when I watched it on Christmas Day, and as I said, I didn't hear much of the dialogue. Um, and I, I must admit, on first view, I didn't particularly enjoy it that much. And then. I, I said so to my to my wife. I said I didn't really go much on that, and she, and she just went, mm, no, neither did I. And she hasn't really watched much of uh, Capaldi, to be perfectly fair. And I I don't think this would do much to make her watch any more. No, so, I know you you can't usually use the Christmas special as as anything indicative of what of what Doctor Who should really be like or is really like. Uh, but I think really maybe it did as you as we sort of already said it, it did fall into the pitfall of a little bit too continuity heavy for a Christmas special it needs it needs to be totally separated from all of that doesn't it yeah do you know what I mean it just sort yeah. of um except it was quite funny and quite a lot of the in jokes were funny yeah and but, I liked I mean like the like the doctor standing outside the TARDIS and saying now it's my turn was that effect basically because this was the first time now where he knows the spoilers and she doesn't yeah, and also like, I, I thought that was actually to do with the fact when he said, "Now it's my turn," that he it was his turn to walk into the to describe the tar because yeah. he said, "I've always wanted to see hear that done properly." Yeah, but, I mean, I like that. I mean, that's the one thing I, I really did like about it. Is I thought um, Capaldi was brilliant in this. I think he, he's got some great. Uh, I think everyone else has said this as well. He's got some great comic timing 
and he was allowed to yeah to do that. You know, he was allowed to display that this time. So, um, which was utterly great. But again, it's that thing he he says a lot without actually saying anything. It's that bit where um, Alex Kingston is describing the dots when, when she's being scanned. Yeah, on on, on the ship. And, he just, the and his face is just there beside her, and you know, yeah, what is what what's going through his mind. It's it just. Yeah. It's just brilliant. I mean, Capaldi is absolutely brilliant. Um, and I've got to be honest. I mean, as you know, and as listeners know, I'm not a great River Song fan at all. But I really enjoyed her in this this particular story because it, it wasn't really about her backstory. No. That, that's because that's when I started to hate River Song was was during um, series six when it was all about her. Yeah, and it just didn't engage me at all. I just thought it was it was kind of ridiculous, really. Um, well, well, to be honest, yeah. Towards the end, it just become she was this all knowing mm. figure in who knew more about what was going on than he did. Yeah, and was you know these smug little comments and all this. Oh, it was incredibly smug. It really was smug. And uh, then suddenly, at this point, we've now got it's gone the other way here with the fact that she doesn't know. Well, that's, well, that's, I mean, that's, well, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's the whole thing of like it's, it's back to really sort of how we we, we first met River in Silence in the yeah. Library, yeah, and, and Frost of the Dead. Um, the you know the Doctor didn't quite know what to make of it, and that, and that bit where she basically said she was going to murder King Hydroflax, and the Doctor yeah. said, is, "Is that what you do when I'm not around?" You know, so she's she's up to all sorts, um, and doing the other whole you know the archaeological thing as well. Which I thought was quite, you know, hence the sonic trowel, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I thought the pair of them together, I thought they had great chemistry. I really did. I thought I thought the pair of them together. I think she, she worked much better with um, Capella than she ever did with Matt Smith and very briefly David Tennant. Yeah, because obviously I think the feeling with Matt Smith, you just got the naive Doctor there, didn't you, with her? Yeah. Which I think probably didn't work. Where here you feel you have got, although Capaldi's Doctor has been slightly more naive in terms of human nature and whatever. Mm, yeah. You feel he does actually know what's going on in the world. Yeah. Yeah, a bit more sort of uh, world-weary, I suppose you could yeah. call him, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, but uh, before we get into sort of the whole Dr. River thing, which really towards the end, um, also one of the big things made up about this was, you know, we had two... Big guest stars, Greg Davis and Matt Lucas. Um, Matt Lucas was given nothing to do, really, was he? I know he he literally got swallowed by the part. But <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he did. He did really. There was there was nothing for him to do. That was a very very underwritten part, wasn't it? No, yeah. I mean, I mean, his his main scene is the fact of when. The doctor turns around to him when they're standing in the operating theatre bit and says, basically lets him know that he's not the surgeon. He's bought the wrong person. Yeah, that's it. That, that was and all there was to it. That was his main scene. And I quite like that. about, don't make puddles. Yeah. And then I think you're going to have to say to the person, I think you're going to have to get a mop. <laughs> <laughs> Would you think that, um, I mean, what do you think about Greg Davis? Do you think he fared any any better? I think so, yes, because I think he does do angry and uh, sarcastic and whatever quite, yeah. quite well. And I think he was well cast for that part. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, even even from the bits of the when they're laying in the after they've been teleported and land in the snow, and you've just got the bag shouting stuff. Yeah, 
I think he worked pretty well there. He did, yeah. Actually, I also like that, that you know that bit that you say the land in the sun and the doctor laughing. Yeah, as well. Um, actually, did you think it was weird? There was no, no, nary a mention of Clara. Yeah, I mean, I think th- I think in some ways this episode has been written, hopefully, to allow the smooth transition into there, so we don't get the moping doctor mm. of ten uh, tenant with uh, well the after Rose really yeah, yeah. or the, or that, that doctor and Martha relationship that was you know. She's gone, and you're yeah. not really ever going to match up to her, and all this. So I think probably by it, the only person you could probably bring back into the Doctor's life that shouldn't be dead to ease that is is River. River Song. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Or perhaps, so, Cap- or perhaps Captain Jack. Yeah, actually, he would have actually he would have made a good addition to this if you're going to have a full on pantomime. There's someone better than John Barrowman, really, is there? No. So I think no. That- no, that, that I mean that could have worked actually if you if you, if you want to do something different other than River Song and um, you know I think he, he would have been all right actually. Um, anyway, there were there were other bits in it though, especially when it got onto the onto the spaceship in the in the restaurant scene. Um, I felt that it was slightly retreading the scene in the, again in the restaurant from Deep Breath, where all the people in the restaurant were all the bad guys. Yeah, basically it was sort of slow, slightly sort of treading. On, on those, you know, the toes of that particular episode again. Um, but the well, show- I suppose they suddenly had to, he had to have them all as bad guys because the Doctor basically just leaves them to crash. Well, yeah, well, the whole ship was bad guys, really, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. that's the only way you can justify the fact that the Doctor Let basically them die. jumps into the TARDIS to save him and... And River. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I, what do you think about the scene with the... Um, that character of Scratch pulling his head apart. You know, was it the Shoal of the Winter Harmony, whatever where they're represented? Um, Do you think that was sort of suitable for that time on Christmas Day? Or any time, really, not just Christmas Day, but... I know Doctor has always been about, you know, scary and, and you know, making kids hide their faces and everything, but I, d- I don't know, I think that was sort of pushing, pushing it a little bit too far. Yeah, I suppose so. Um... It just felt like hey, we can do this as a visual effect. Yeah, I mean, it did. Me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not squeamish bunnies, you know, stretching the imagination. Um, but I just thought, is that, is that really right to do on Christmas Day at that particular time? Because it was yeah. pretty, pretty I, graphic, wasn't? it? Let's be honest. From from a point of view of not really making the plot, taking the plot any further, that he had to get the the ball from there, mm. as opposed to out of a pocket. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It probably probably was unnecessary. Yes, to that's, that extent. Yeah, it's probably the word I'm looking for. Unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, again, you've already had sort of like you know two decapitations up, up up until that point as well. Yeah. Um. Obviously, which we we didn't see. But it's obvious what what has happened. You know. Yes. But um. But yeah, I did, I just thought you know pulling his head apart was a little bit OTT really, and as as I say, I'm, I don't. Mind that sort of thing. I'm not trying to be a prude or anything. I just thought maybe it was the wrong time of the day to do that. There's a time and a place for that sort of thing. In, as uh, we've said, a light-hearted sort of pantomime version of Doctor Who. Well, that's the thing, because it once you got on board that ship, the, the pantomime was sort of turned off, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, totally turned off. And it went it went to like a, almost like a full-on drama. Um, and I think maybe that that's one of my 
sort of biggest problems with it, really, if, if I'm going to have a, a really big problem with it, is the fact it, it was the tone was a little bit uneven. It sort of lurched from that, that comedy screwball pantomime thing straight to drama and someone pulling their head apart. So, yeah, maybe I think that's probably the reason why I've sort of... That, that, that's probably my, my thing I've got against it, really. It's a bit of a, a, a jar in the tone. But oh well, oh well. I don't know. We're fine. That kids actually really love that part. Probably did. Oh, that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably just getting worked. You know, sort of worked. I'm not. And certainly, worked out pro- about it, certainly, know? probably like that bit much more than the romantic at the end. Oh, kids love a bit of gore, don't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um But I, I mean, it was a fantastic effect. I mean, don't more get like me wrong. It looked brilliant. More like to be sick at the, at the Doctor and River at the end in the restaurant. Yeah, yeah that's it. That, <laughs> oh dear. But anyway, as we're sort of getting on to uh, you know to, to the end, um, and this does really sort of wrap up River Song's story to a to a point, doesn't it? Well, as much as Moffat ever does. Well, I say we've still got twenty four years. Yeah, because this the, you know the night on the uh, Drillium lasts for twenty four years. So uh, yeah, there's there's still twenty four years worth of uh, you know of, of adventures to come there for, for the Doctor and River, but. I just like the way it was. It was done. The Doctor knew it was it was coming to, her. and I think River knew it was coming to them because she was run out of room in her diary. Yeah, um, and of course you get the the thing with the the sonic screwdriver as well, which wraps that thing up. You know how the hell did she get out that screwdriver? Um, and obviously that he's he's put that chip thing in for enables him to download her into the library at the end. Yeah, so it's all come it's all come sort of full circle really, but. I... I thought it was quite a nice little little scene, really, between the pair of them. I thought it was very well acted. I thought the she thought you know, the Doctor would get her out of this one, and all he would say was spoilers. Yeah, you know. Oh, I mean, it was, and that, that mean, was that was the most telling thing of all. Is she, I think she sort of realised then. No, this is this will be the last time she sees the Doctor. Yeah, which yeah, I, I like. I think it was quite. It was a sort of bittersweet ending, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, as you said earlier, I mean the. Chemistry between them two was good in this, mm. and really sold this. I mean, that that was the thing worth watching this episode for. Oh, it was certainly. I mean, it, was, it was the best thing to watch this for, really. You know, it, it was. Um, I was. We said earlier on about the look on um, Capaldi's face. You said everything with Riv was was saying that you know, the, the, you know, the the Doctor doesn't doesn't love her, and the look on his face is sort of like saying you've got that completely wrong. Mm. You know. Um, I just thought it was that was really really well done. I, I just loved it. Um, it just says says so much for Capaldi that he's a great actor without actually saying anything. Yeah, you know that's that's what I love about him. You know, um, as I say, and and Alex Kingston was great in this as well because um, River Song was written as not being as smug or annoying. You know, it was it was um, back to the river was that back. was back to the river how we first met her. And also, she was sort of quite, sort of more, sort of wistful as well. Really, sort of realizing that you know, the relationship with the, in her mind, I don't know, the relationship with the Doctor is just one way. You yeah, know, it's not reciprocated. Um, but the, yeah, the look on uh, Capaldi's face when she was saying that just says something different. You know, so I, I, I thought it was really well done, and those bits are really well written as well. To be honest, um, considering that Moffat didn't intend to write this one, did he? No. Because he thought, you know, end of series nine, that that was it, as he's that he was done, and, and that was the end of it. But now he had to had to write a Christmas special, which maybe I don't know, maybe that would explain the slight tonal shift halfway through. Uh, yeah, you, you 
what you suspect is he's had the story, the River Song story, pretty much laid out the actual Doctor River Song relationship bit of this story laid out in his head for a while. Yeah. And then he's had to write a story around it. Yeah. As opposed to it being a natural story that evolved to in- that, that then ha- happened to include that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it did seem a little bit... Now, once, I was about to say maybe it was, it was shoehorned in. I don't know if it was, really. But, mate, mate I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to sort of, sort of doubt myself now whether, whether it was kind of... As you say, he's already got it mapped out, but maybe it was sort of bought in a little bit sooner than he wanted yeah. to. Yeah, it may well be that he's had to bring it forward because mm. he needed to write something quickly. Yeah. And has he had that as a basis? And then it's Kingston was free, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> And it just fitted in well because there's no companion at the moment yeah, to get in the way of the Doctor and River's relationship, which is which would have been hard to have had this story at any other time previously while Clara was around. Um, you'd have had to have had a, an episode where Clara wasn't there for whatever reason anyway. And mm. you then wouldn't want to bring in a new companion and jettison them for an episode early on in their no. tenure. So it was probably the only time he could use this mm. for the foreseeable future. Yeah, no, I, I th- I'll make you right on that one. Actually, it, it, it did seem to be the the best time to do it, and I suppose, as you said earlier on about you know it, it to, to bring the Doctor out of his sort of I can't really say mourn, you know phase of mourning for Clara, River Song's the character to do it. Yeah, which then sort of gives whoever the new. I mean, I'd hope we're not whoever the new companion is, gets a doctor that's had this period of laughing and whatever, enjoying himself with River after losing Clara. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't mind the doctor being like, like he was in Series 8. I, I really don't. Um, I know it put a lot of people off, and I think Series 9 probably went a long way to addressing those problems for a lot of people. But I didn't have a problem with, with Capaldi's performance or the way the doctor was written, I should say, in Series 8. Um, yeah. so, so if he does go back to being a little bit a bit down again at the beginning of Series 10, mm, I, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me, to be honest. It wouldn't but, bother yeah, me. but it just gives it gives him an opportunity then for not to have the people say, oh, the Doctor's going to have a Clara quickly. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. just drawn a line there that now we can have a fresh start forever. Yeah, this episode, yeah. You'd thought this had either had to have been the, this Christmas special or even to have done it as the first episode of the next series, mm. and then introduce the companion perhaps right at the end of that, would have been the only times you could have done this. So, yeah, it had to be this time, I think. It just <clears> sort of <throat> made it a bit awkward for people. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think Trying to dip in. I, <coughs> excuse me, I think the thing that I've also forgotten as well, that the Doctor doesn't really remember Clara, does he? No. So, it, it, I suppose in, in a way, this does kind of make sense that he he's not mourning her. At the, yeah. at the beginning of, the, of of this particular story, so yeah, I suppose you could you could always you know get around it on, on that front. Really, um, I also think that one thing what I was, I was going to mention, I completely forgot, um, was that I, I was quite surprised that the reason or, or River not realizing who the Doctor is went on for a lot longer than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Um, it, uh, made, it, made, it made sense though because she was still expecting to see Matt Smith. She didn't know about yeah, what the she, time she was knew done. that that was his last regeneration. Yeah, so he couldn't be another. There couldn't be, there couldn't be another. Yeah, exactly. 
So I she mean, again, it made sense. Twelve faces look like. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was fair enough, I suppose, from that yeah, point. Yeah, that's it. Um, but again, you have to know why, don't you? Mm. Again, it's, it comes about the whole continuity thing. Yeah, you have to know. Yeah, that he's, yeah. he only should have had twelve regenerations, yeah. and he'd got the extra ones. Yeah, I suppose if you only watched them at Christmas, you'd know that because that happened in the pre- two years ago. Two years ago, it did actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so it might actually make more sense if you only watched the Christmas specials. <laughs> what from two years ago? Christ, I could probably remember what I did two days ago. <laughs> it's because of the drink you had. <laughs> <laughs> Have I? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh well, I, I think. I wouldn't say this year's, I mean, to, to, to sum this up for me, I wouldn't say this Christmas special was a disappointment by any stretch of the imagination. I, th- I thought no. it, it it was fun. Um, I thought that, you know, as I said, the, I thought the tone sort of shifted midway through. It went lurch from one extreme to the other. Um, but it was nicely acted by the leads. Uh, the dialogue written for the two leads was, was really, really good. The, the, you know, they crackled off each other. It just the rest of it was a bit, bit panty, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it's not the worst Christmas special by any stretch of the imagination. No. No. The Doctor in the wardrobe holds that accolade for me anyway. Although that at least was Christmassy. At least it was. It was to a certain degree. To a certain degree. But, oh, well. Okay. I suspect this had more of a Christmas tone than last year. Yes. Yes. Last year's was a bit a bit dark again, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a bit on the dark side. But uh, anyway, anyway... Um, that's what. Have you got any more to say, Paul? Before no, I, no, that's, I, it, really. that's it. Okay. Well, that's what we thought. But what did you, the listeners, think about it? And we asked for some uh, some feedback on this. And uh, by Jiminy, we got some. So let's uh, kick off here. Uh, first up is Jeff Waddle. Um, he said, "I nipped away to see it. What I will say is, it's probably one of the better Christmas ones. Certainly better than the last few years, and certainly better than last season's finale." Yes, throwaway fun, but that's what Christmas should be, isn't it? And I felt more chemistry between Capaldi and River than what I ever did between him and Clara. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Uh, next up, we have Kieran Hyman. He says, this is just about the end of a perfect Christmas for me. Uh, the Doctor getting that man to build the restaurant through time travel was excellent. And the scene where the Doctor pretends to walk into the TARDIS for the first time was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, I forgot about the. Uh, I forgot to mention the, the the doctor getting the man to build the restaurant using the diamond. Yeah, that, that was so, uh, and that was quite. Again, it's. I like what Moffat does with the whole time travel. He uses time travel a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, um, in any stories, which I I thought that that was great. I I, I love that. Um, next up, we have um, feedback from Suki Kark. Um, he says a Christmas episode should be a one-off fun episode, and this was definitely it. Capaldi was having fun for the first time in ages. Alex Kingston, Greg Davis and Matt Lucas were a delight. I really enjoyed the episode. Okay, thanks, Suki. And uh, next, just a couple of very, very brief ones here. Uh, um, One from Ben Rush says, Perfect Christmas evening watching, daft, silly and a touch of sadness. One of Moffat's better Christmas uh, specials. And uh, Andrew Volwin responded to that saying, Agree with Ben, spot on Christmas viewing. Okay, thank you very much. Now, I will send some uh, some emailed uh, feedback as well. 
And this is from um, friends of the show, Robbie Bonham. Hi, Robbie. Um, and Robbie writes to us, um, hello, Phil and Paul. Hope you both had an enjoyable Christmas. Well, we did, actually. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, we did. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Hope you did uh, as hope well. Hope you did as well. Yes, indeed. Uh, just a few words of my thoughts of this year's Christmas special. I've just had a second viewing, which was much needed, as a lot of action and dialogue tends to happen quite quickly, and you miss a lot watching it live. Overall, I loved it. The first half was quite standard Christmas fare. I thought, and I mean in a good way, with its usual amount of Christmas silliness, though it does sometimes make me worry what new viewers might make of the show from experiencing Christmas specials alone. I'm not a fan of bulky comedy robots, though, uh, though the macabre nature of the head severing takes away from the silliness of it a bit. Uh, the street where the TARDIS is parked did remind me very much of the street from Face the Raven. Anyone else think that? Um, yes. Yeah. It, yes, it did. I think it might have been the same set, just redressed. Yeah. Which wouldn't be anything new, would it? But no, no. It, it did look very, very familiar. Very familiar. I think you, I think you, you're onto something there, Robbie. Anyway, uh, Robbie continues. I loved the Doctor's reaction to seeing the inside of the TARDIS. It's my turn now. Um, further cementing Capaldi as, I think, my favourite Doctor yet. Then the TARDIS takes off on a quick spin to the RTD era. Yes, I thought the stuff on the Space Cruiser felt very much like RTD Christmas specials of old, but thankfully with no flying angel robots or comedy couples. Capaldi trying to talk to their talk, trying to talk the way out, out over handing over the bag was hilarious. His comedy acting just as powerful as his serious heavy speech acting. Superb. Then we get to, get to the poignant post crash bit. I like the short hops he makes on the planet till we get to, to the restaurant finally being built which leads us to the last sublime 10 minutes of the episode, where the story turns to the true closure of the River Song story arc. We had assumed it was Eleven that had gotten the haircut and new suit for their final night, but this felt much more satisfactory, with a nice look at the Doctor's truly romantic side. All in all, one of the best Christmas specials so far. Mm. Cheers, Robbie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It appears to have gone down well with people. Yeah. Actually, isn't it? Um, I have sort of seen some negative um, talk about it, but I, I thought I thought it was okay. Actually, I thought I, I didn't think it was it was it was that bad. To be honest with you, I really yeah. rather enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I just I just thought it was quite. There was another couple of um, ones here, which let's let's just sort of bring a bit of balance here. Actually, There's one from Martin Havel from the Bad Wolf Podcast. Hello, Martin, another friend of the show. Um, he says, we get a female action hero who is nearly intellectually on par with the Doctor and Moffat makes her catch a diamond with her tits. The problem with this episode is that Moffat's three-minute idea had to last 60 minutes. I do. I, I did sort of get that feeling myself in terms of the three-minute idea. Yes. Or at least the the River Song idea. And then he had to try and think of some a story to to put it into. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, and the bit with her catching the diamond and the cleavage was a little bit... Again, yeah. What, what, I, I don't know. Is is that river? I suppose it is, really, isn't it? A little bit saucy. Yeah, that's why I say. Yeah, a bit Benny Hill, really, isn't it? Um, and then Ian, Ian Thomas McLean, um, right? It gives us a, a three-word review. Actually, yeah. The, the only the only thing about that probably not river would have been turning to the doctor and saying, "You can get that out later." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, just to wrap this up, uh, Ian, Tom- Ian Thomas McLean uh, writes a, a three-word review, Glittery Reindeer Poo. <laughs> so I think you can take it for that. You, you did enjoy it, Ian. 
Oh dear. So yes, yeah, so we we like to bring both sides to the argument here, don't we? So, yes. <laughs> well, uh, that that just about wraps up. Thanks very very much, everybody, for your feedback uh, on this, and, and thanks everyone for their feedback throughout. You know, series nine as well. Really, um, it's it's been really great reading it, reading it all out. So uh, thank you indeed. Um, now that wraps up new new Doctor Who for the foreseeable future, doesn't it? Yes, to be confirmed. Yes, indeed. We don't know when we're going to get Series 10. Uh, it could be next year. It could be in 2017. Who knows? Yes. Who could knows? It could be done by an independent production company. company. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, you never know. You never know. Let's, let's hope not. Let's hope not. So, um, anyway, really, what, what are we going to be doing next? What are we going to be doing next, Paul? <laughs> I, was like, I, was, I, was, I was thinking, well, this is good. I'll find out now. <laughs> well, I think as we haven't done one for such a long time, should we do a big finish next? Yes. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's do a big finish. Um, we don't know what we're going to do yet, with, of, of course, and, and as is usual with us, we haven't planned that far ahead. Uh, so we'll announce it on, on, the, on Twitter or on our Facebook page. Yes. We've actually made up our bloody minds what the hell it's going to be. <laughs> yes. But, of course, we'll be back in two weeks' time. Because as, as um, we said um, a couple of weeks back, uh, that our schedule now will be um, every other week. So it's basically like two podcasts a month. So, yes, um, yes which gives us a bit more time to get our act together. <laughs> <laughs> That's the as plan. You can see, we're, we're, we're rearing to go. Aren't we? And then... Yeah, obviously we we got to do this to tide ourselves over until we get to uh, new Doctor Who, whenever the hell that won't may be. Yes. yes. So, but I think next what we're going to do, uh, we're going to do a big finish. So we'll we'll let you know what that's going to be. Yeah. So, um, really, it just remains for us to say thanks very much for listening to us over the last year. Um, it's great that you all stuck with us, and um, just happy New Year, really. Yes. Uh, you know, have, yes. Have have a great next year's. The best you've ever had. Yes, indeed. Or, or, or just better than, you, than this year. <laughs> yes. Oh, you cynic. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's me. It's me. I think that they had the best year they have, and you're just saying, well, something's better than this year. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it should always be better than the, the, the year that preceded, surely. It should, well, yes. it should always be better than the year. I, 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 I suppose. I suppose on that that thing, we're both saying the same thing. We are really. I just said it in the more. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, in a more downbeat way. <laughs> oh god. Well, if I didn't, people think there's something wrong with me. So. Yes. <laughs> I really would think you have got. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear okay everybody so uh yes thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll 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 be back in 2016 so until then happy new year and it's goodbye from me phil and goodbye from me paul goodbye to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. 
And please also join the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. The Who's He Podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Thank you.